Greetings, super friends. Welcome to Superman and Lois and Pals. I'm Henry Bernstein, and alongside me is my favorite super pal, Professor Sam Brody. So the first thing, Sam, is I have to say happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. And I don't know if you know this, but your birthday is one day before official Superman Day. Did you know that officially June 12th is considered Superman Day? I believe that I did know that, yes. Do you know how long that's been around? Uh, I'm gonna guess not since 1938. Correct, correct. So the city of Cleveland passed a bill or whatever in on June 12th in 2013 as a tribute to Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. They're from Cleveland, obviously. So it's actually, it's not like a DC Comics thing. It's actually like a city of Cleveland thing. It's a little annoying to me that it happened when like, Man of Steel was coming out because it was it's also uh-huh. like the anniversary of that. And like, because like at the time I was like very excited, like all these Superman things were happening. I mean, the comics were, you know, doing the new 52 thing, which I hated. I was miserable. <laughs> but but the but it was like, oh, a new Superman movie finally. And like I liked, you know, the 300 when I was, I don't want to go down, I don't want to go down like a Snyder thing, but I'm saying like. It's annoying when like I would be like, oh, happy Superman Day, because I associate it with that year. And like 2013 is the year mm. that Man of Steel came out, which I was so excited for in retrospect is not good. So anyway, that is all to say happy birthday to you and Superman. Thank you. Thank you. I had a nice birthday. Low key. People came and hung out. Did you uh you know treat yourself in the age of you know a- Amazon to anything? uh special mm, or superman-y i didn't buy myself anything i did get a comic book as a gift uh somebody gave me james Tins volumes one and two james um, Tinian's what department of truth oh um i haven't read it yet but they gave me volumes one and two so uh looking forward to that are you a tinian fan do you like he's all right yeah i don't i don't really it's not like I stand, but he's uh, fine. Yeah, he's yeah. a good, solid Batman writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've read I, and I feel like as a you know writing his own thing, like uh, the Illuminatus trilogy. I like Foucault's Pendulum. I like the Invisibles. I will probably like Department of Truth. It sounds like you enjoy non-superhero comics. Yeah, is that fair to say? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I feel like I'm trying to think like. I used to really enjoy non-superhero comics. And for some reason, you'd think like as you get older, you'd enjoy superhero comics less. And mm. I don't think I'm enjoying superhero comics more, but I think that's not an indictment on the genre, more so of just my personal preferences matching up with current trends, not matching up with current trends. But I find myself less interested in non-superhero comics. Like, you know, in my like early 20s, I was like, you know, pushing away all superhero stuff and like trying to find, you know, with the exception mm-hmm. of Superman. So I guess my ultimate question is, you 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 meant you rattled off a bunch of things you read that are non superhero superhero comics. Do you read more out superhero comics outside of Superman on a regular basis? Like, do you read Batman um, or Justice League? Yeah, depending on the I writer do. or something. I read I read both of those. Mm-hmm. I read Green Lantern. It does depend on the writer. So, like, I read Flash for a long time. You know, the Williamson run. It was a big comic. 
in the nineties, it was a big comic for me. I mean, going back. Oh, you're talking like about the back Wade in the day, then. the Wade, the Wade. Run. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and then later on, I like, you know, I pick it up and I dropped it and I pick it up and I drop it. And the same thing with Green Lantern, like when Morrison was writing it, I started reading it again. And so then I kept reading it now when MK Jemison did her thing. I read that justice league. I'm kind of like, uh, not necessarily based on the writer, but based on who's in the team, I might buy it. Legion of Superheroes, I buy every time they start it up again. And, <laughs> and I can, they can never say always one of the target audience. I always buy Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of a mix. It depends on the character. You know, obviously, I'm reading Son of Kal El. Uh, I'm not, I'm like an episode, an issue behind on that. Yeah, I'm behind too, but like, you know, it's it's there in my stack waiting for me to read it on Shabbos or whatever. We had a really nice interaction with Philip Kennedy Johnson on Twitter, both we us did. personally and with at Superman Pals Pod. If you want to give us a follow. Uh, we had a really nice interaction with Phil, Phil, Philip Kennedy Johnson where you were just sort of as a tweet thought expressing your how you, you know your thoughts on the current action comics run and and tagged uh pkj in it and i responded something effective it's been a really good run but i'm ready for superman to return to to metropolis Mm -hmm. and he responded with like a really funny response he was like Uh what do you say like happening in issue 2000 or something (laughs) he's like (laughs) yeah it's nice it's nice when that happens he's such a good guy so I, he actually, we had another thread where there was like a little bit of a disagreement, but he actually kind of persuaded me on the topic of what music Clark Kent listens to. Oh, that was an amazing thread. Yes. We also had that great thread about, Mm -hmm. and we talked about, and, you know, people were saying Clark probably has a very, you know, mixed taste. And I was, we were talking about country music, right? Yeah. And I'm sure he liked classic rock. And then, but the question was, does he have a special soft spot in his heart for whatever Jonathan Kent listened to when right. he was little? Right. Right. Or whatever. Which would have been like, which would have been like, well, depending on the era. But like- exactly. It depends. When was he little? And then was Jonathan listening to current music at the time or was right. he listening to old music? Right. So, and then I also. They were probably just listening to whatever was on whatever station they got, whatever radio station they got. They mm-hmm. probably had some, they probably had some records in their house and a record player, mm-hmm. but, but they probably, I mean, I'm sort of, you know, picturing Glenn Ford, you know, <laughs> Jonathan Kent or right. You know, like a pickup truck without yes. a tape deck in it. Yes, right. exactly. So you just right. had like the AM radio basically. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, that was a really nice, nice thread. And, and uh, DC just announced that action comics is coming to actually this Superman's returning to earth in September. So mm-hmm. it's basically two more issues. So I'm, I'm pleased with that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you one more comic thing, Sam, before we moved on to uh, TV. And if we had this, uh, this conversation already on this pod, I'll just edit this out. But I, I, I can't remember if I, this is with you or not, or if this is offline. But do you, do you like annuals? Did we talk about annuals? We briefly talked about annuals and how we both hate them. Okay, did we talk about this that on this podcast? I believe that okay. it must have been. I don't think it was just like a random other conversation. Okay, all right. Well, 
Okay, good. Because I, I, all, all, that is all to say I'm behind on action comics only in that I haven't read the annual yet. And I start, started to read it the other day and I was like, uh, I, it's just not like I'm in the middle of a story here. Like, <laughs> I was, so I'd stopped. And mm-hmm. so um, I was trying to remember, did we actually talk about that or not? So anyway, yeah, it's, it's an, I think an unwanted interruption, unless there's like a thematic thing across the board, like, like DC used to do that, like Elseworlds one year and Bloodline, oh, yeah. Bloodline, yeah. I, I didn't read that because I was just so distraught that Superman was dead that summer, but um, yeah, Bloodline and uh, Zero Hour. I think zero hours yes yeah they, yeah i um, really like those ones that was my jam at the yeah. time i mean zero hours to me one of the best uh, you know uh crises having uh, 90s superboy meet silver age superboy what could be better than that was that in the annual or an actual issue i don't remember <laughs> yeah so anyway <laughs> I, when they had wouldn't it have been the superboy annual that year like he just got his right. own comic right and they had to give it an annual. What what would else, what else would they have put in that annual? Right. I guess you're I right. Could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was like issue number two or something. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Good. Well, I I wasn't sure if we uh. Tom Grumman on the art. Oh yeah. Doug Hazelwood mm-hmm. on, the, on the inks. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Carl Kiesel. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about. Superman and Lois, season two, episode 13, All is Lost. This was directed by Elaine Mangian and written by Christy Korchak, who's written a lot of episodes this season. Clark and Lois disagree on the best way to figure out if Ali Alston went to the inverse world. Meanwhile, John Henry makes a surprising discovery and Lois sets out to track Lucy down. Um, I, I felt like this episode, su- like Superman and Lois is back. Like it was just a jam packed episode with things that I like. And I'm sure as you and I go through this today, you're going to point out the things that actually maybe weren't good that, but, and you know, you're, you're probably right. But just in general, after two, to me, really not great episodes and these, these eternal hiatuses that have been happening, I was like really happy with this episode. Mm. So that's what I wanted to say off the bat. Cool. What did you, what did you think overall? Uh, I liked it while I was watching it. I was very ambivalent about the Lana stuff because it, they keep doing this thing where they have these characters act really ridiculously and then belatedly sort of acknowledge that they're being ridiculous. Are you talking about uh, John Henry? Um, I'm thinking of multiple characters, right? But in this episode, it was really Lana. And in the previous episode, it was Lois. But I mean, she basically like, Jordan comes in to do his pathetic little oh, so pathetic, He's And such- she's just like, I'm going to make this teenager cry now. Yeah. <laughs> you sniveling worm. <laughs> like, you know, how dare you? If you cared at all about my daughter, you would never talk to her again. Get out of my sight, you pathetic creature. And then later she's like, Maybe I shouldn't be making like fifteen-year-olds cry, you know. Um, and and I was yeah. like, "That's right. Maybe you shouldn't be." But you know, prior to that point, I'm like, "What is going on?" And the same, and the whole thing with the um, 
Sarah at the bar and it's like so stupid. <laughs> what do you think? You think she's like getting wasted and like she's hooking up with the bartender too? <laughs> like, right. I don't know. What's the problem exactly? Yes, I Lana, get that you have bad yeah. feelings about this bar, you know, but like, come on. It it's so funny because you know, I've had my ups and downs, mostly downs with Lana since the beginning of the series. I have not been a super fan. I really the only part when even though it was ridiculous, the only part I really enjoyed her was when she was dressing down Jordan. <laughs> I just like really liked that lecture. I was like, you know, not even Superman can keep everyone safe. Like, like yeah, you're well, right. that was true, but like I know I it was know. it wasn't nice, but it was the it was like the one time I was just sort of into what I was like vibing with her. Let's put it that mm. way. <laughs> I, I mean, I do like that she got him to consider a perspective other than like his own. It would be really nice for me if this happened. Like that's basically the perspective from which he is thinking right. about it. Right. Um, and, you know, she's like, have you thought about any other aspect of the situation? Like, so that was, that was a good aspect of it. She just poured it on real thick. Um, I know. And I kind of dug it. <laughs> I understand that she's like in a bad place, but I was just sort of like, it's a much. Um, other than that, there was a lot of good stuff. The weird reference to Ali as parasite. Yeah. Um, so confirmed, right? She. This is now they've sort of backdoored in a really kind of creative mm-hmm. way to make her the parasite. It's a, but it's not like any version of the parasite right. we've ever right. seen before. But that's it's like a. But I think that's kind of cool. A half pro, half parasite hybrid. Um, it is kind of cool. Um, we still, we still don't quite know. I like the, the flashbacks with her and Lucy. I thought those were good. Yeah, but it didn't um, give her an insight into her motivations. Right, it was really her. more about Lucy than about her. We should really have Carrie on sometime to do a recap, by the way, because before this, she did a recap for me in terms of just from her memory what happened in this episode. Like, like a and, Carrie go doing previously on Lois. Right, exactly. <laughs> and she was like, here's what happens on this episode. But the way she described this scene was she was like, General Lane and Lois Lane go to the cult. They try to say to Lucy, Lucy, don't be in the cult. But Lucy says, I am going to be in the Then they're captured by the cult. And I don't really know what they thought. Did they think they were just going to go there and be like, no, cult, don't capture us. We are here not to be captured. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yes, we should 100% have her do that. Please, next episode, it's um, happening. So that was kind of fun. I mean, I like that they sort of got over the disillusionment with Lucy kind of fast at that point. Like she was really all in. And then Allie was just like, yeah, I'm going to burn this relationship. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to like, I get Superman here. You know, that's really what's important to me right now. And the continuing allegiance of Lucy Lane is like, you know, reached its usefulness's limits. So whatever that oops, sorry. We can bleep that out. That's fine. Um, yeah, I like, I enjoy bleeping. So it's fine. <laughs> I want to go back to like the Lana thing for a second. It's kind of a dangerous game Lana is playing. This is one of the other stupid Lana things. Sharing with Kyle that she has secrets. Like, why did mm. she even say that word? It's like, mm. it's it's just like, she, it's good. It's good for her that Kyle's just kind of a nice, dumb dolt and didn't bother following up. But like, why did she say, 
I, you know, I wondered if they were going to try to do a thing like there's national security, but there's not really insecurity. Like the mayor doesn't really have secrets that are like, it's a matter of town pretty, but like it would be really funny <laughs> if she tried, if she tried she to tried. pull that. I forgot she's the mayor. I keep forgetting yeah. she's the mayor. She's the mayor. Yeah. That whole conversation you like took place in the mayor's office. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. Well, I, I and, and back to Lois and, and Lana or Lois and Lucy. I liked all the background Lucy stuff and I liked seeing how Allie was really good at manipulating her, like not just being belligerent, being like, Lois is bad for you. We have to get her away. She was just sort of like, hmm, that sounds like a, you know, a hard way to grow up. Like you could see how she was good at mm -hmm. being the cult leader that sucks you in. Mm -hmm. um, and really dangerous. So that's why I really liked mm -hmm. that. And I liked how when merged Allie had her backwards voice in her mm -hmm. there too. Like that sort of echoey voice wasn't just like mm -hmm. super sound. It was her, it was her backwards behind it. So that was kind of cool. I have a question for you. Okay. In the scene in which Chrissy Beppo is looking at Clark Kent's resume oh. <laughs> and saying that there is some kind of problem. Yes. <laughs> what did you understand the problem to be? And in, in what area should we think that the problem might be? Okay. So my first question was, Chrissy's looking at Clark's resume and not wanting to hire him. My why? first question as well. In why what world? Want, I, I, like, why wouldn't you want to have two Lois Lanes at your rinky-dink small town paper? Isn't he like the second best reporter at yes. the Daily Planet? Yes. Like, is that in question? It, it's like having a second Lois Lane. Mm -hmm. Like. I don't think he's as good as Lois, but I think oh, he's but, like. But if you're a small town paper, I mean, it's like. Yeah, right. You're basically getting two. Right. Like, so why? And, and, and what I'm wondering is, is that Clark wanting to work at the Gazette uh, just a backup story from Lois or is it real? Like, would it would make sense that Clark wants to like re start reporting again, but he's never mentioned it. He's only been so farming this, and we don't know what he's been doing on the farm. This is what my, this was the basis of my question. So like, is this all just supposed to be a cover story for the time he was gone that he was like working on a story for them and that she needs to quote unquote hire him so that they can publish this story. And therefore there's a problem with the like process because it's basically a BS process or does he really want to work there in which case you are right we've never heard word one from him about wanting to go back to journalism so that's a kind of an issue a larger issue with the story he's never mentioned it once like mm -hmm. so it's got to be a, it, it, the backstory thing has got to be it's the only way it makes sense mm -hmm. right speaking of clark why okay two things one i loved the super training the super the flight training mm, session yeah that i'll was tell good. you why i like the flight training session not just because it was cool but we never really get to see in long form and i'm calling those scenes long form for our purposes L superman learning how to fly over a long period of time and like the fact that he just said which is what i did here for seven years i just practiced flying mm -hmm is makes sense and is really cool like it's either been that superman could just always fly like one day he's running in the through the field and mm -hmm. he just takes off right that's like sort of mm -hmm. the burn version right and then like can fly like it leap can leap and then eventually turns it into flying but we never see how he like takes it that one step further which was mm -hmm. like 
seriously jumping into a cliff and then no you've got to like pull up Mm -hmm. and go and Mm -hmm. then you have to learn how to do that is a really cool concept you know like in man of steel they have that wonderful flying scene after he gets his costume and Mm -hmm. he's out in the in the arctic and he's like you know hovering above the snow and then all of a sudden he takes off and he goes to another mock and and then he even like so one of the few times he smiles in the movie and Mm -hmm. even might do a woohoo like Mm -hmm. kind of a peter parker swinging Mm -hmm. and it's nice it's a great scene but it's like oh he just learned it in one sitting right so i like the idea that like flying took clark a long time to master not learn but master and now he's gonna like help jordan get there and he had no one teaching him like and now jordan's right. gonna get there faster which makes sense because he has superman teaching him the thought that i had was it really matters what order the powers develop and if it's all simultaneous because if you got flying first but your invulnerability wasn't there you would be screwed. You would just be like flying into, and you would smack into an ice wall and, <laughs> and break die. your neck, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, or if you got flying but not super speed, maybe it would be okay. But if assuming that the flying comes together with the super speed, but if it didn't have the invulnerability, you'd be out of luck. So you really need to have all of those at the same time in order for this training montage to make any sense. Because otherwise it's like not safe, you know, to even be doing it. Um, you have to do it all really above the ice and not in that little crevice. Well, I think you're you're understanding that, you know, when he's like, you'll catch me, right? And Clark, mm-hmm. Clark's like, you know, we'll see, basically just go do mm-hmm. go in there and do it. But I think we're to understand that, of course, at the last second, Superman would say right. yeah. Superman is faster than a speed right. bullet. Um, and I, but, I did watch with that understanding. And I, and I you know, and I, of course, they love, I'm really enjoying the like, way to make 40 year olds feel old watching it by like you know referencing Alanis Morissette and the castle run that was the same joke who's you know it was the same joke and I also was sort of like you never made him watch Star Star Wars Wars, like really Star Wars I think the teens today know about Star Wars writers like yeah your brooding video game loner son and his cool twin brother like neither of them ever watched star wars Alanis morris said okay right, right right but star wars is currently still coming out with stuff that gen z watches right like these guys these kids were born like during the prequel area era mm-hmm. right like <laughs> they yeah. watched they probably watched the clone wars growing up that was a little bit of a misfire on that one i think yeah and it was all just to make a joke like oh clark and lois are old now the way that it would work, maybe he did watch it, but like that doesn't mean you remember every line, you know? Right. So like maybe there's nothing particularly memeable to him about how many, you know, the, the weird, the joke about that line, right? It's like a classic nerd joke because it doesn't really make any sense because a parsec is a unit of distance and not a unit right. of time. Right. Right. And so... You know, that's an old joke about Han Solo or the writers or whatever, George right. Lucas, whatever. So maybe the this version of Clark thinks that's funny and George's like, yeah, I saw Star Wars, but I don't remember that line. Right. Like, he wouldn't get, like, a line like the Kessel Run or... Mm-hmm. 
he wouldn't know that the little guy on Jabba's leg is salacious B. Crumb. Like he doesn't know. No, certainly like, he thinks... would not know that. Right? Yeah. So that's <laughs> would... that's the way to make it plausible, right? I don't want to just be critical for no reason. So right. I'm trying to say, okay, let, let's invent a world in which that exchange makes sense. Okay, like boys, that world, boys, you're seven now. We're gonna watch Star Wars, mm-hmm. and they watched it and they liked it, but they're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's Dad's thing. We're into. Fortnite instead or whatever well maybe they really yeah. liked it and they watch it every few years but that you know it's still it's like a very specific thing it is yeah right right i mean maybe it maybe you, you if you watch something a lot then i guess you remember all the lines like i don't know like i know people who their particular thing from fellowship of the ring is when pippin says what about second breakfast and like there's a it's a three hour long movie and there's a lot of you know, epic stuff that happens. But like, I wouldn't get that reference. Yeah. What about second breakfast? Right. Like, yeah. so, you know, to me, that's obviously, you know, that's Pippin and Aragorn uh, having an exchange while they're walking through the, you know, wilderness. But uh, to someone else, that might just be nothing, you know? Right. Um, there was a cool reference in the, a funny reference. I mean, those were two like, Sort of, they made the same joke with references, the Alanis Morissette thing too. By the way, Lana missed an opportunity there because you have a, your daughter is an amazing singer and reminds her of Alanis Morissette and said, who's, who's that? Mm-hmm. That was an opportunity to say, oh, honey, I know my music, you might not think my music is cool, but like there's this amazing singer songwriter who's still around and had the greatest mm-hmm. album of her generation when she was 19 years old you should here's jagged little pill go listen to this honey uh-huh. and not worry about any of that other stupid <laughs> like about yeah. playing in a bar just give her you know text her the link on spotify or whatever it is that she that she uses you know <laughs> I'm i sure. agree and also by the way i'm sure okay so i, I gotta give i gotta give you fair treatment the way you were explaining uh, Star Wars about the boys. I'm sure Lana in her car had Jagged Little Pill when what's her name was growing up, you know? Yeah. And the one time, you know, like we have kind of a rotation. Like, yes, we listen to a lot of Frozen and Encanto and Sesame Street and Disney, other stuff, you know. But like, you know, there's a couple Beatles albums we listen to and like we'll do a rotation. Like, all right, guys, I'm going to listen to one. I'm sure if she would reference. Alanis Morissette, that means she's a fan, which means that at some point she probably would have played her for... for um, Yeah, there's there. a lot of not safe for children material on that album now. I mean, there's explicit lyrics that she wouldn't have been playing for Sarah when Sarah was like 10. That's true. Okay. Maybe they would be doing like sort of more... Like she would like, play for like the uninvited or something, you know? Mm. Uh, um... I mean, she probably wasn't playing Courtney Love for her either, you know? No, probably not. Courtney Love. probably not. Probably not. Okay. Um, so there was a there was a other cool reference. Um, Allie, when Allie demands that she summon Superman, Lois says she doesn't have a, a red Superman phone to contact him, which was like mm. a nice, I think, a nice reference to Batman 66. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you know in the in the Oval Office they have a red phone too maybe but right, right, it, right. to me to me that's always Commissioner Gordon's red phone I think that's what she was referencing 
I didn't catch that. Which means, which means in that world, have they watched Batman 66? And if so, a world in which Batman presumably exists, was there a show in the 1960s starring Adam West and Burt Ward without that Kate Mary character? And Batman is Bruce Wayne. Right. <laughs> that I think we might have to rule out. So since there was a crossover between Supergirl and Batwoman, uh, this is a world in which... Well, we don't know because they keep not having Supergirl. And they've never mentioned Batman. (laughs) Yeah. um, But uh, we could all, if if Batman exists, then we have to posit that it's a reference for us, but not a reference for Lois. Um, And if Batman doesn't exist, it can be a reference for Lois. Or, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe Lois is just like, I don't know, a big red phone, you know. Or, you know, you could do something else like, in an animated series with the gray ghost. And you could say that the show that was on in the sixties was about the gray ghost. And there was a big red phone in that show. Sure. Sure. Like they, there is some, there's some allegory or there's some stand in, in their world. Like mm-hmm. maybe it was the green Hornet or something like one of those sixties superhero shows. The right? shadow. The shat, right. 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 Okay. The spirit. Right. Right. Right, a little Will Eisner shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing you were saying at the top about characters acting unreasonably and then going back on, and I said, "Oh, are you talking about John Henry?" So mm-hmm. I, the John's overreaction to Nat's suit is both realistic mm-hmm. in that he the the two of them have this problem where they keep you know mm-hmm. they're they're they've gone through severe trauma so they keep reacting emotionally. Maybe it's not a problem. It's just how how it is right but in the context of the show it's dumb she's clearly an asset like she is Mm -hmm. smarter than john she's better than john henry and he knows it and Mm -hmm. so i'm glad that he came to his senses eventually but like this was one of those ones where they didn't need the cw fake conflict like she could have just you know they have the have the breakfast scene have him have a moment of being like are you sure this is a good idea you know how I feel about this, whatever. And her mm-hmm. in that moment, say, like earlier on saying, dad, I got this. And, right, then, right. and then he can have trepidations throughout. Right. He right, sees right. his daughter making this awesome suit and knows that he can help her. And, and then at the end, still they can coming, be working on it together. And he right. can be like seeming kind of sad. And she'd be like, what's wrong? And he'd be like, I'm worried about you using this and like something happening to you. And she'd be like, I'll be okay. And it's just like a different way of expressing that, that, that concern without having it be like scene one they were in a conflict scene two they're still in a conflict scene three the conflict is over like yeah you know yeah like she didn't we didn't need the door slam like just the whole it was it would have been cool if they had been like yeah working on it together and the whole time john henry is like working all this stuff out throw in a couple flashbacks if you need and then and then by the end okay you can help me build it i'm still not gonna let you go and then Mm-hmm. dad i got this and then she goes and I, so i did like that it was like untake a part of what <laughs> i thought that was, <laughs> was kind of cool yeah anyway but it was it was it, it was nice that you know john henry's resolution was that he didn't take it personally he just right. saw her as an asset and it was a nice turn of events obviously like we literally called this that it, <laughs> episode you can go back to the tape episodes ago mm-hmm. that now nat was going to get to save 
Superman or have to mm-hmm. save Superman. And that mm-hmm. was done really nicely because that whole discomfort she had with, with Superman back in back mm-hmm. several episodes ago was a while ago and they haven't kind right. of revisited. So you kind of, so that moment kind of worked in two ways. One great callback, the tables are turned now, you know, whatever she mm-hmm. gets be the hero and that or that it's just a great moment where she gets to be a hero and save superman i think you're right that it's a callback and it's built into the arc of the season and it's in that sense like a very well done arc like on a binge that would if you're binging Mm -hmm. the show that would feel really satisfying watching that moment you know because they've had so many goddamn hiatuses Hiatuses, (laughs) so long ago maybe it was three episodes ago that that john henry was in the the episodes ago was like two months. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, um, so I really like that. I love that. Like, you know, that this is one thing we've pretty much been saying week after week. Nat in the suit. Nat in the suit. Right. Obviously, we haven't gotten the red capes yet. Still waiting for that. But it was nice to, before the finale, get some uh, resolution right. to something. Um, uh, yeah, to something we've been we've been wanting to see um and you know obviously like great cliffhanger upsetting seeing superman turn into bizarro and i have i have a i have both theory and idea and i'm wondering what you think about this so i know we don't normally speculate but here we are approaching the penultimate episode of the season so i think i would like to see a cliffhanger I know they don't do cliffhangers anymore, like where you like wait all summer for your, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think I would like a cliffhanger. Like we're talking Star Trek Next Generation, best of both worlds cliffhanger, where you're literally waiting all summer for what's going to happen, where Superman loses all of his powers. Mm -hmm. Like he wakes up, Mm -hmm. but but like the episode ends basically with Jordan, the Irons is even Jonathan in some way, I don't know, like maybe as the guy in the chair, like take up the mantle, you know, suit up. And, Mm. you know, maybe that's where they get their red capes, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you come back three months later Mm -hmm. and it's been the summer of reign of the Superman, basically. Mm. And you have, and you have a full episode where they're doing that. And, you know, because of these, I know how these shows work. You can resolve that by the end. Like you, it can be if it's done well. You, can, it can be un, somewhat resolved that Superman is it able. It could be the first like twenty five percent of the season if they wanted to. If they, I know, like, no, that that would be like ideal, I think. But I'm saying like in the way these shows work, I don't think they want right. Tyler Hecklin to not be in the suit too long. Um, you know, they usually, you know, all the you know, Flash does that every year. They have a cliffhanger and then they wrap it up right, in, the first, right, right. in the first episode. And then it's but a new he, thing. Playing it out though, he could still be in the suit if they decided to try to do a thing where people didn't they didn't want people to know that Superman has lost his power. Like in Crisis of the Crimson Kryptonite. Exactly. And so they could like have the others do the superheroing at certain scenarios and then have him walk out of the burning building or whatever in Great. his suit to make people think that he saved everyone. I would love that. I'm, you know, that's like super, like super wishful thinking for this theory slash wish I have. I'm trying to be realistic that like mm. they're probably going to wrap it up by the end. And if they do, I'm okay with that. I just think that would be fun to see. And then they can be like a little family super team um, the rest of the way forward. And they have, you know, they introduce a new big bad, like whatever, if they want right. to stick to the formula, because that's what I expect them to do. If they don't, yes, that would be amazing where for like half a season or even just four episodes, 
Superman doesn't have powers. And you, you know, know what my ultimate dream for that storyline would be? Seriously, in, yeah. I, I'm starting to think this is better and better. If you really make it half the season where he doesn't have his birth, you use it as an opportunity to actually build out the world. So he tries to go to different places to see if he can get his powers back. So you could build out the magic side of the universe. He could go to Dr. Fate. He could go to Zatanna. He could try to figure out if there's some kind of mental blockage. He could go to all the sciencey people. He could go to the metal men. He could go to... He could go to space. Uh, he could go to space. Well, not with no powers, but... Well, in a, in a rocket ship in a suit. Maybe. Or he could boom tube to New Genesis. Let's just say that that's a thing that could happen. Um, but you could, like, you know, ha in each episode... There's like him meeting new people out the world, but like they're all not new people. They're people he knows already, uh -huh. right? And then the other plots are like everyone else trying to like fill his shoes and stuff. Uh -huh. So you don't have like the death of Superman problem where he's not on the show, right? Um, he is on the show, but like he's just like doing this other quest, basically. That's great. You sort of combine the elements of. Crisis, the Krypton, Kryptonite, Reign of the Superman, Exile, all mm -hmm. together, um, or or even right now uh, the War World thing, like mm -hmm. on a quest. Yeah, that would be interesting. I and there could be some and there could be some family tension in that too, because you know if the quest fails for like a while, there could be a point where they would start to be like, well, why isn't it enough to just be home and just be Clark Kent and just be our father? Other people can fill your shoes. We don't really need you. And he'd be like, are you? And then, of course, there would be a villain that would show up and like everybody would really do their best. But it would turn out that they really do need him. Like right? Mongol and, actually would show up. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be amazing if they if they did that. Counterpoint or other idea. What if instead of him being on a quest to find his powers, what if he settles in as a reporter and works on a, like a. A, a big story and that's sort of the arc for half of the season where you're getting Clark Kent mm. working on a big time expose deep deep whatever cover like maybe he's been Metropolis maybe he's not mm. and maybe that's where the fit like oh we finally get dad back as where he's not Superman anymore mm -hmm. and now he's always at the paper like you were mom you know or mm. whatever like I don't know like you know there's there's a couple different ways to go with that I'm just thinking mm -hmm. like they're probably gonna if they did what I was saying, they'd probably wrap it up in one episode. But mm -hmm. yeah, there's a couple. I mean, it seems like something's going to come from it because they Lois wouldn't just say he might not be the same again for the sake of mm -hmm. saying it, where it's going to get wrapped right. up by the season finale, unless it is. I mean, right. why haven't I mean, Tal Rowe could just throw him into the sun as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Like, why, why don't they just throw Superman into the sun when he loses his powers? I don't get it. Uh, it sounds <laughs> like a, vulnerable. A, risky, a risky move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not everyone comes out of the sun with long nails and a golden cape. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Birthed from a chicken. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, I think, the again, the next episode is... Mm -hmm. like next week like not even the is it not even this tuesday it's like i think the next episode is the 28th mm. so i what is the deal i don't know man you're, you're more tuned into that kind of info than i am I, i'm never you're always the one who tells me there was a covid thing or there was a whatever so i don't know 
it's very frustrating and it really makes me feel like i don't know like we're in this age where you know people watch shows on netflix and all 12 episodes drop at once and they just binge them and here we are like it's the 90s just like waiting Waiting. a week and then another week and then you know hiatus and whatever i really don't like i mean i get the like anticipation and like making like you know a night appointment tv night with the way net streaming is but like i really do just prefer the way netflix just dumps them all and it doesn't mean that i'm gonna watch all of them at once like i still haven't watched all of I've only started the first episode of the new Stranger Things. I know people watched it in one night. Mm-hmm. I, but like, I'm. It's really. It gets an. It's annoying waiting week to week. It really mm-hmm. is. Like, I. It's not the way of the world anymore. So I, yeah, I'm I mean, willing to watching... do it. I'm willing to do it as long as it comes out every week. Like, it's not like the streaming services. Like, it's not like Kenobi skips a week. Like, they just show you. It's for six weeks. You're gonna get Obi Wan Kenobi. For, right. you know, eight weeks, you're going to get Ms. Marvel, whatever the, the, you know, Star Trek, Stranger Worlds, 10 episodes every mm-hmm. week on every Thursday is your Star Trek night, whatever it is that I'm okay with. It's a no, I wish they would just dump them all so I could keep going sometimes, mm-hmm. but um, I, they don't have hiatuses in the middle. Like it's extremely weird, man. I don't know what to tell you. They're somehow still playing by old network rules. I don't know why. Is it because they, they like film them as they go and like like for example like all these shows one of the reasons you wait a full year for the next season these great really high like stream streaming shows like high quality streaming shows is be- is is because it takes a long time to film them and they like film mm-hmm. them all at once right like stranger things season 3 was not last year <laughs> it was like right it was like 4 years ago yeah right it was like 2 or 3 years ago yeah yeah um Right, exactly. That's exactly right. And, but like with these network shows, for whatever reason, they're still like, they just do like a few weeks ago, they they filmed the finale of Superman mm-hmm. and Lois. Oh, I didn't know that really. Just a few weeks ago? Or maybe like a couple months ago. Like okay. it was this, this, you know, during this while it was on. I mean, right? if it's in, actually literally in post production, that explains it. I mean, it's not like they, is like that Star maybe that's why worlds, they, they have it and they're just doling right. it out to you. Right, but if exactly. they actually don't have it, then that explains it, and they're like still working on it or something. Right. So I'm saying, I wonder if I would rather, like, would you rather watch a 15 episode season knowing it's there's going to be multiple hiatuses for weeks, but only having to wait four months for it, three to four months for it to start again, the next season to start again, or Although I think Superman has been starting in, in January. So maybe you wait like six months. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. When, wait, when did it start? No, we've been doing this since the fall, right? Uh, I, I have no sense of time. No, time is a flat circle. <laughs> time is a flat circle. <laughs> we're just, we're just the fan. We're just floating in the phantom zone, you know, <laughs> diving mm-hmm. in with the, mm-hmm. forgive me. <laughs> um yeah. Well, anyway, so would you rather wait like a year and a half for a show you like to come back and just dump them all at once or week to week to week? Or would you rather have it like how it, this show is, Network TV, where you only wait a few months, but you get the season doled out over? I guess I'm kind of on the new paradigm now. I don't know. I used to like it better the old way because 
it was around for more of the year. So when I was watching X-Files or I was watching Buffy, those things became, I mean, that was sort of how a show became a cultural thing was the fact that it was around all year. You had to wait in between. So you would talk to other fans about what was going on. You would develop your theories and so on. But if you come to a more recent show like Game of Thrones, it was only 10 episodes, not 22. It would come out in the spring every year. And like April and May would be Game of Thrones time and then it would be over. And during that time and in between, people would keep talking about it until the last couple of seasons came and ruined everything. Um, so it, it seems like that can still work pretty much on the new model. And, and the Game of Thrones model wasn't that they dumped it all, but they did, they doled it out over a very short time. It was really right. Two, but I mean, but HBO, right. But like HBO, I think, so I think HBO is probably the like bridge in between what we're talking about with the network TV and then like, you know, the streaming services having, you know, because HBO has had shows for mm -hmm. years and like for years and years and years, Sunday night was HBO night. So it's like, whatever it is, it's like The Wire, Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know, uh, Game of Thrones. So I think that that's slightly different. I think the HBO thing was, was like, they made like a period, a short period, you know, Sopranos, like right. a short period of time, appointment TV on a so, specific night. So the thing with the true binging experience, like on Netflix or whatever, is that you just completely forget because you only spent a week or something, if even that, it could have been even just a few days, especially with something shorter, like a really, a show that I like, that's an example of that is the Santa Clarita diet. Okay. Right? It's is that a, the vampire one. Like, you know, yeah. Drew the zombies Barrymore. sort of no, zombies. Yeah. Drew Barrymore and Timothy Olyphant. And it's like a funny show. They're like half hour episodes, I think. And there's like not that many of them. So really you watch it over a weekend. Right. And then 52 weeks go by and then there's more. And you're like, holy crap. What show again? Like I literally spent maybe, two days of my life thinking about this and then it was over right so that encourages you to re-watch the previous season first right which is a different kind of thing but it's still a relatively small time frame that you spend thinking about it like it's right. you know the week before maybe you do your reach right and then it comes out or it comes out because you if you if you're not one of those people who knows when things are going to drop and you, you log into Netflix and you see splashed over the top, oh, Stranger Things is back, okay. And then you have to think, am I going to rewatch season three? I seem to remember season three not being that good. Nah, I'll just watch season four, whatever. I'll remember who everyone is by like watching it. Um, so that's very different because it, it makes the investment kind of less. Like right. X-Files every single week for most of the year, you were talking about it with your friends and you were thinking about the characters in the story. Right. And also, I mean, also like the, the kind of storytelling we're talking about is slightly different, right? Like uh, X-Files was episodic. It had right. it had season long and, and series long character arcs, much like mm -hmm. Star Trek The Next Generation, Star Trek right. Space Nine, Star Trek Voyager. Right. But um, Buffy, um, but Smallville, you know, the, like those are like episodic, whereas now like the streaming shows are definitely serialized. Like it's one story over a period of time. And I think right. HBO gave her to that. My problem with Game of Thrones, and I stopped watching after 
four, like season four or something. I don't know. After well, like that was too soon. It was, it was still good five, maybe five. whatever. The last time Sansa got raped, I was like, I, I can't do mm. this again. Like, what what are they doing to this poor woman? Like, mm. this is it was just it was just too much. And then and then I was done. Never came back. Um, but anyway, my problem with Game of Thrones is I could never remember any of the characters i don't know anyone's name i don't know who anyone was you know i could never just keep track of everything partially because of the time in between and i was never gonna rewatch that so anyway this is not a game of thrones podcast no it is not uh, i have i have one more question for you about superman and lois in terms of like the thinking about where this is going so it ends with with Allie pulling the two earths together which is like a horrifying very cool special effects scene Mm -hmm. what if what if like merging the earth earths isn't bad like what if it just sort of brings out the best in everyone and and like that's and then back like superman's down for the count what if she just gets away with it and then it 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 wasn't good it was fine yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't know. That would be kind of interesting. Because like Bizarro World was pretty I mean, bad. I, Our world is pretty bad. So what if... it would be. I would not be surprised if they let her get away with it for an episode, and we saw like oh, one episode of what it was like with the worlds combined, and then, and then they have to like separate like, them. Yeah, like um, some sort of world thing where all the characters' memories are reset, and they have to sort of figure out that the world is messed up. Um, one of those I, I usually like that kind of story yeah those are good those so are, if they yeah. wanted to do that I would be cool with it for the penultimate episode yeah uh, that's one of the best uh, Star Trek The Next Generation episodes when like they, they they're figuring out who they are and like Worf's, Worf is in charge because he's got a yeah. silver sash you know <laughs> I, I love that storyline yeah. on every show that has they've that done it in Buffy line. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, that works. I would love that. That'd be great. Cool. All right. Well, <laughs> in a couple weeks. See you in a couple weeks. Yeah. Take care, man. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Our theme was composed and performed by Sam Bernstein. You can tweet us at Superman Pals Pod. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another thrilling adventure of Superman and Lois and Pals. Bye.